All right, we are back. Hope your Monday's off to a great start. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to kick off the second half of the show is New York Times author Dan Schwabel, and he's joining us to talk about his latest book, Back to Human. Good morning, Dan. I'm here. All right. Thanks for calling in. Congratulations on your latest book. Could you tell the listeners a little bit how this came about? Yeah, so a few years ago, I was interviewed for a documentary around my generation, the millennial generation, called The Revolution Generation. And I was asked what the biggest obstacles that we face are. And I talked about the student loan crisis, which is now $1.53 trillion in outstanding debt, which is wild. Uh, world war, climate change, and then in my head, I'm like, okay, what's affecting us on a daily basis? We're tapping our phones uh, regularly, uh, over 2,600 times a day, looking at our phones every 12 minutes, texting an average of five times in a business meeting where technology is, was meant to connect us all, yet at the same time, we've become more isolated. We spend up to half of our day uh, at work using technology instead of having face-to-face conversations or phone calls. So I thought this was important, especially because uh, you know half of us have a management title at above, so we're leaders, and we feel isolated, and this book helps helps people forge stronger relationships with their teammates. I know. I feel that people are better making their connections in superficial ways like Facebook and LinkedIn, and then they forget that you're supposed to get together and actually have conversations and eye contact and... It's hard for people. Yeah, the main message in the book is let technology be a bridge to human interaction. Don't let it be a barrier. Let it get you to that conference room. Let it get you to a social event or a birthday party. But if you're still using the technology in that physical space, then you're not using it appropriately. Right? Let it get to the space, but when you're there, be not just physically present, but mentally and emotionally and spiritually so that you can actually forge good relationships with the people you work with. It's better for collaboration and connection, and we all need human connection and friendship and love in order to survive, so it's, it's very important. Do you think we've gotten kind of lazy and introverted? Is that why we're just so comfortable hanging out by ourselves and not making the effort? We're addicted to technology. The technology is built with addiction in mind, that's the business model is our uh, attention. So yeah. the more we use it, the more money the big technology companies make at our detriment. And that's why you see Apple and some of these companies coming out and saying, okay, we're going we're gonna to try and do something about this. And it's the reason why, you know, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, they didn't let their kids have cell phones. Interesting. Right? So even, even these people who have these big companies mm-hmm. know better. Yeah. And, and uh, I think we like the convenience, too. You know, you say a few words to Siri or Alexa, or you look down on a device, and you can do a lot because there's so much at our fingertips. So we just think that technology is a great savior. We think it creates strong bonds, but a lot of weak ties. We think it makes us very productive, but at the same time, it can be very distracting because if you think you can multitask using technology, you've got it wrong. Like, your brain is moving from one task to another, to another and so you're unable to focus and actually accomplish a lot. So what advice would you give uh, people who run businesses and they want to get people more interactive? It really starts with the leadership. If you're an entrepreneur or you're a manager, you have to focus on creating a a workplace culture that instills trust, a sense of belonging, so people feel included, Uh, purpose, so that people are not just working like machines. Right. If you work like a robot, you'll be replaced by a robot, mm-hmm. and happiness. Right. And once you focus on those employee engagement factors, 
that's the key to developing a really strong culture. And then from a strategic tactical standpoint, I think you you know if you have a meeting, make sure everyone's phone is off or in the middle of the table. And I'm telling you, like some of the meetings in today's world, working world, are like an hour and a half long when they could be a half hour and productive too if people are actually paying attention. Yes. And if you're not, if you're not, it's disrespectful too. Right. But our attention span is only so long, and then when there's a lot to do in the workday, you don't want to sit through an hour and a half meeting. Exactly. So we can be so much more efficient if we're attentive, respectful, and actively sharing ideas because the research found, it's a study with Virgin Pulse with over 2,000 managers employed in 10 countries, and the result was that our best, most creative ideas come from our conversations with other people. Yes. Sure. I mean, nothing replaces eye contact and spontaneous conversation. You're not going to get that from a text. Yeah, yet in our society, there's now virtual reality, there's augmented reality. There's more and more technology that is removing us from the very people that we need to connect and build relationships with. And you look at Japan, Japan could be our future, right? With virtual reality girlfriends, 30,000 people die a year from loneliness. Now they get Monday mornings off because there's a burnout culture. And so it's not just about what's happening at work. In our whole society, worldwide, big changes are happening. You know, in the U.K., they're fighting for a four-day work week. Uh, in Finland, they're fighting for a four-day work week. You know, so uh, there, there's a kind of like a backlash against our use of technology because our use of technology makes us work 24 hours mm-hmm. every single day, right? The average work week in the U.S. is 47 hours a week. Not having your phones in your vacation because we're answering email on vacation after work hours on weekends. We're always kind of working. And so because it's such a gift, because companies are taking so much, uh, they need to be able to give people more flexibility and support their personal lives. No, it makes sense. Tell me about your partner and research director at Future Workplace. What do you do there? Yeah, as a research director, I do between five and ten studies per year. I've done, over the past six years, 45 research studies. So I've surveyed over 90,000 people in 20 countries with a variety of company sponsors, like Virgin Pulse for this one, Oracle, American Express, and, and many others. And really the idea through the research in the company is to help other companies especially HR leaders, prepare for the future of work. And the future of work is really happening as we speak, right? It's, yeah. What's fascinating is that there's a recent study that came out that found by 2020, more people will have uh, conversations with uh, chatbots than their spouse. So we're, we're going to spend more time uh. talking with bots than the people that we love and care the most. That's crazy. That, I mean, that's, that's just nuts. You know, it, it's becoming our reality. It's, again, it's because of the addiction, it's because of the convenience factor, and all change happens incrementally. So it's not like you know when chatbots first came out, immediately people were hooked. Mm-hmm. Over time, they, they tested, or their friend is using it, recommends one, and then, and then over the course of several years, we just get adjusted to it. It's like driverless cars. We couldn't have had driverless cars 10 years ago, but eventually when they come out, you know, there'll be the early adopters, early majority, late majority, you know, eventually laggard. So, like, it eventually all happens. Um, and when it does, I don't know if everyone's going to be ready for it. And I don't think all change is good. Right. Uh, I think that the more we're adopting all this technology in our lives, the less we're losing the focus for what's actually important in life. And when you're 90, you're not thinking, hey, I wish, you know, I had four more devices. 
right? You're thinking about the people you have in your life or had in your life and miss. I was having a conversation, Dan, with somebody about relationships and how years ago people would get married at 18, 19, and those relationships lasted a long time. And now I feel like technology has ruined relationships. So there's, there's a few ways to look at this. I mean, my parents, I agree with you, my parents have been married for decades, mm-hmm. so they're a great model. I think the, the negative part of what technology has done is made, made people think that they have more options than they do, and so they view people as disposable in the app culture where you swipe left and right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like it, it uh, dehumanized people in a way. Uh, the good thing, though, is proximity. So it used to be when my, when my parents got married, they were living in the same apartment complex. So it was about who, who's in your community, who's nearby. And now that's been stretched, so you can meet people you'd never meet before. So it gives you options in a positive way at the True. same time. And that's why, you know, it, it, for the book, I interviewed 100 top young leaders on top of the Virgin Pulse research, and, and they describe technology as being a double-edged sword. It's good and bad, depending yes. on how, when, and where you use it. And I totally agree. It sure is. I mean, I love being able to, you know, uh, FaceTime with somebody who's really far away and feel like they're right around the corner. It, we need to be accountable for our actions and how we're using the technology. Like, I think that's a great use case. Yes. And I think that FaceTime and video conferencing is very effective because, you know, in the past, you'd have to pick up the phone, which is fine. You get to hear someone's voice. But now through video conferencing, you get to see and hear them, even though you're not with them. And so I think that's, that's a good, part, good thing that's coming out of this technology revolution. But again, I think that, you know, you're looking, you're going into, for instance, you know, a cafeteria now, and there's no people in cafeterias in corporate America. Now it's just machines. You go to supermarkets, more and more cashiers are being replaced. You go to banks, you know, bank tellers are being replaced. So we are headed into this world where robots are replacing humans, and yet social integration is so important for our survival. It's these little conversations you had every day add up into you feeling more alive and human. Yes. That's so odd to go into a cafeteria, there's no people there. But I guess they feel they're saving money by automating. Saving money, increasing efficiencies, I think some people would prefer it, but that conversation you had with the cashier, even if it was four words, or the person ahead of you or behind you in line, that is just one part of social integration throughout your day that that really can help you, even if you're not thinking about that. I know. Think about how many times you've met a stranger, a total stranger, and they said just a few words, and you've been so moved, and you have never forgotten them. Exactly. Yet our default is looking down instead of straight ahead. And, And I mean, I live in New York, so people are walking around New York. There's so many people here, in terms of people who live here, over 1.6 million in Manhattan. And People don't look at the architecture. They don't look anywhere. They just look down. And, you know, hopefully, you know, some avoid getting hit by a car. But for the others, I think you're removing yourself for the beauty around you and missing out on life and nature. Right. I don't know. I grew up in New York, and you better look up. You're going to get hit by a cab or somebody elbowing you. <laughs> so, yeah, it happens in the subway. Yeah. But you know what? You can be isolated even if you're in a physical office space, too. Even if True. You know, there's 10 cubicles around you. You might choose to get lunch like I did in my early career at EMC Corporation. I would just get lunch and avoid human contact and not realizing that that was to my detriment. And I did feel more isolated and alone as a result. 
So, you know, obviously remote work, you can be very isolated, but you can be isolated anywhere. And that's, that's kind of, that's what I've learned through the past few years researching this book. And for remote work, you know, more and more people work in remote, a third of the global workforce, yet two-thirds are disengaged. Many feel lonely. And, and actually, working remote impacts team and organizational commitments. So people in the study f- said that, if, you know, since they work remote, they're much less likely to want a long-term career at their company. You become less loyal because you don't have those connections. Sure. It's much easier to quit a job with acquaintances than friends, especially best friends. Right. So, Dan, where can people find out more about you and your book? Yeah, you, so you can go to a bookstore or you can go on Amazon and it's like Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation. And I have a podcast called Five Questions with Dan Bell, where I interview the world's elite and interesting people by asking them five questions in under 10 minutes. Fantastic. Dan, thanks so much for calling in the show. This has been great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. That was Dan Bell talking about his book, Back to Human. How Great Leaders connect, uh, Create Connection in the Age of Isolation. Uh, all the info is up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. We're going to take a mini break, and then we'll be back. And I have one more guest calling in. Uh, Jane Benz is calling in. She's an author and relationship expert. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. <laughs> 